Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you'll see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 207 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is an X-Men episode, as the theme said, and I'm going to be talking about two X-Men books this week. We have Marauders number 11 and X-Force number 11. Some big things happening, but before we get to those, let me tell you where you can find us. We are on Twitter at WSMarvelComics, the WS. That stands for Weird Science. We also have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where you can go and look at all of our written reviews, news, previews, all that sort of thing each and every week. That is WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. And we have a YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where I do video reviews of Marvel and DC books. And then we also have a Patreon account, Patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and support us give us some inspiration for all the things we do on this feed and then also get a ton of other shows in return podcasts that are comic based for the most part but we have a pop culture podcast i do a manga podcast while that is kind of comics i wanted to point that out because it's something different than the big two but we also have a bunch of marvel and dc podcasts and Coming up, me, Eric, and possibly Brandon are going to be doing a SummerSlam podcast that may just, just may, launch a wrestling podcast as well. But like I said, we have two X books, and I'm going to go off and start with a book that I have been enjoying a lot, and I've been, you know, waiting patiently for some news on Kitty slash Kate Pride, and we get it here. We get it here. Spoiler alert. We we get it a lot. So let me get to that as we start off the books. And it is Marauders number 11, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Stefano Caselli, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. And it is an issue that says, pour one out for our homies. Kate Pride's body was recovered by her crew and returned to Krakoa. All resurrection attempts have failed. Her killer is still unknown to them, but not to us. That's Sebastian Shaw. He's going to get his. He's going to get his, I say. And I do have to, I have to forgive me. I have to apologize that I am so, so tired right now. I just want to, I have not slept in two days. I have, I, I don't know what it is. I go and lay down. I know what it is. It's actually, I think it has the term insomnia. I think that's might be learning. I, I end up the last two nights have laid down to sleep and I just, the time just kind of bolts away and I'm still awake. And then I end up, you know, just laying there deep in thought. And I don't have many thoughts going down. Pretty much, if you want to imagine me laying down, thoughts going through my head, pretty much the meow mix theme is going on in my mind. So y- you get that. But with this, I am so, so tired. I actually. Just opened my eyes just to read those credits, all the other things. I was just kind of drifting off, I think. I, I, I want to get some sleep. I don't want it to have happened right in the middle of this podcast. So we're going to go into this. And like I said, Marauders has been one of my favorite books. 
And I've been waiting for at least some something good to come out with Kate. I, I need Kitty Pride back. She's one of my favorite characters. She's one of, of the X-Men characters that I knew going into this. And I really don't think, and if there is anybody who hates Kitty Pride, they can meet me in Quakertown right now. We'll we'll have a showdown because I, I don't see how you can. Now, with that, when she's going to get buried and they're going to have a Viking burial at sea, which we'll get to in a minute, they do have her dressed up in her Marauders outfit and stuff. And I just she looks like Michael Jackson. She really does. Michael Jackson with a sword. I mean, it's 100 percent. Oh, there he is. Oh, Mike. But you end up starting off and we've had. Letters. We've already set this up before where you end up having Nightcrawler has been writing letters to Kate so that when she comes back, she can be caught up. She can get these letters. Also, the idea that it does point out. And I think that one of the big things because he ends up, you know, hey, everything going on here, we're all broken up. We've been trying to bring you back and we can't. So we're going to kind of say goodbye to you right now. But don't worry, we'll, we'll see you again. But boy, Bobby, Bobby has been really Really upset I mean he's been so upset that You know he he doesn't even want to deal With the white bishop And and yeah there, there's going to be a reckoning there The whole deal with You know Kate and Emma By the end of this knowing and, and getting ready to attack And get things done That's one thing But all the other people that were involved The little things going on the side uh, That's where I'm also Very very interested in but yeah, you're going to get this Viking burial. And as I said, there was something to talk about there because a lot of people were very upset about this. If you're not aware, Kitty Pride is Jewish. And to have a cremation ceremony, Viking ceremony deal, it's like they, you know, Jerry Dugan is throwing that out. And there's it's it's a weird thing. It's a, it's a really weird thing to think about because of the idea of even other people on on the side note have to point out the idea like, what is Kurt's idea of this? And he says he's going to make a new religion. Well, what about his religion? What about his Catholics? You know, so there's a lot of things going on in the idea that mutants with resurrection and things, it does kind of throw religion into a tailspin. Now, again, this is not Kitty burying herself. She's not requesting this type of funeral. And, in my mind, the way that it's spelled out, especially with Kurt's letter, they are not bearing her per se. They're saying goodbye for now. It's it's a weird deal because they haven't given up on the resurrection. It just keeps failing. And so the idea of this to me is a not a kitty pry. It's a marauders. That I, I I'm not even trying to make it work. I'm just saying that. I think there's, you know, something more going on in these books that you kind of, you know, go with. And we do have, and if people were on this, you know, right away, oh, my God, you know, there goes our Jewish religion. There is a, a thing later. Jerry Dugan does have something that he throws in later that kind of gets it back in, not completely. But I'm not a real, real religious guy. And I'm saying I understand why some people would be upset, but me not being very religious, I'm reading it. And then by the end, you have this little kind of shout out, a little call. And I'm like, okay, I can go with that as well. 
but they do end up, you know, bearing red sea and they use pyro and you end up having magic and they all get involved to create this whole deal as they say goodbye to Kate. And I was looking for Sebastian here. I'm like, where's that jerk? But you end up where the whole thing goes down. Emma walks away. She goes into her big room there. And she's upset. We've seen this before. She's actually broken down a couple of times because of this. But this is, you know, it, it to her, you know, this is a goodbye, Kate, and the frustration and the pain because they can't bring her back and they can't figure this out. Well, I thought that what was going to happen is, yes, I always thought we'll get Kitty back. And when she comes back, will she remember everything? Will she remember Sebastian Shaw killing her because we've had – People like Domino in the X-Force book where she ended up wanting all the memories, good, bad, everything. But when she came back, she didn't remember being flayed. She didn't remember the things, even though she requested that. So I was worried and I was going to blame them. Children of the corn. I'm telling you, I was going to Manon and Maxime. I thought that they were the ones that were involved because we've seen them kind of, you know, dallying about with Sebastian. So I thought that he was using them because they can wipe minds they can change you know your whole point of view and things like that so i thought that's what but it's different because yeah emma finds out i actually thought that this was going to go a while without somebody figuring it out and then we would nope and the thing and i didn't even think about it i had i i'm telling you it was like a blind spot the idea that lockheed saw this going down or at least saw who shot him and so they end up where lockheed ends up arriving you know, there and at that point, Emma doesn't know what's going on. It sounds like somebody's, you know, making noise, trying to get in the room and things. She's like, I just want to be alone, please. And then she's, oh, my God, it's Lockheed. And she does not waste time. She goes, Lockheed, you made, made it. Show me. And just grabs his head. And then, boom, you see Sebastian Shaw looking like a jerk, looking like a real jerk. And I, I like the progression of this art here because you know, she turns diamond. She is pissed. She's smashing things. She ends up smashing a wall. And then she even goes, and I love the visual of it where she goes over to the big chessboard and she is about to just swipe off all the black pieces. She's about to vavoom off the deal. And then she stops and thinks, no, no, no. And there's Lockheed there, you know, and says, no, we're going to do this right and proper. But first, let's get you, you know, let's get you fixed up. Y- you need the healers and stuff. So you go. And I-, I love that scene. I love that she's about to wipe the board there. Just basically go ham, go over, go you know, all out, go right. But she's like, no, 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 we're going to do this right. And then right away to get, okay, Lockheed, you're going to get there. And takes Lockheed to heal her. And yeah, and then with that, it's one of those, okay, Lockheed's back. I know. Well, now Emma gets a hold of. Xavier, let's try one more time. And it's not the, at this point, let's try one more time. I have an idea. Let's try one more time. It's almost as if because of this and because it's almost like, well, let's try again because things are starting to fall into place. Maybe it's just a a luck thing or maybe it's a synergy thing. But the way I feel right now after the whole funeral there and also with Lockheed saying, You know, she doesn't full out say this to Xavier, but in my mind, this is the deal of, let's try Well, at that same time, Kurt had gone to Xavier and asked the same thing. So like, okay, we're going to try one more time. But please, you have to realize we're never going to give up 
We're not going to stop trying to get Kitty back, but there's a backlog. We got to start dealing with the other mutants that we know can come back, you know, and then when we have a little time, we'll try Kitty again. And then, you know, we'll just keep doing it until we get her. But it may take a little longer. We've tried so much right now. Well, we do go off with a quick little aside with Storm who ends up going to talk to a a lady that she actually knows but is introducing herself to, uh, Dolores Ramirez, uh, from the X-Desk, and goes to her and thanks her for letting them know that some of the drugs that were going to be distributed from Marjorie were actually poison. They were actually a, a thing that, if they did go out, They would have killed a lot of people and a lot of people would have then said, oh, my God, it's the mutants. They're, you know, they're trying to kill us with these drugs. They're not proper. They did this. So this was a woman who ended up letting the mutants know. So they ended up being able to stop that. And you get a a nice little deal with her and Storm where you have Dolores say, well, listen, um, I did. I, I really am indebted to you for these miracle drugs. She even says the miracle part and says, I do not say that lightly because my mom and you get the idea. Her mom may have had Alzheimer's and now or dementia of some sort now is fine. Now, she says, you brought my mom back. I have my mom back now and I will never forget that. So I owe you were good. And, all, and you see in the letter at the end that she's all excited to meet Storm. At what She's like, I thought you were a model at first. And really, she, that doesn't happen a lot in Washington on, on the subway, on the train. So you end up where that's a, a nice little deal. But then we go back to, you know, them trying to bring Kate back. The five are there. They're trying to work this through. And it's a, again, it is kind of luck because as they're trying to bring it through, they say, you know, her body's there. It never breaks out of the husk. And you end up having Kurt say, this isn't the end of of Kate's story. There's something unique about her physiology. She's out of phase. We will guide her back. Emma realizes what it is. Starts using power, starts getting a hold of Kate inside. And what has happened, these husks, because they're saying we're waiting for her to break out of this egg. They're waiting for her to break out of the cocoon. She doesn't smash through things. She phases through. She ignores them, phases through. So what it is is a guiding to get Kate to phase out, not crash through, because all the other husks, and it's kind of horrible, the idea that all those other husks, they ended up just drowning because they ended up not being able to get out of there. They were viable. So they you end up having, you know, a phasing where Kitty's arm phases out and grabs on to Emma's hand. Now, with that. I still don't understand how that's going to fully explain why she couldn't go through the portals unless she was like, okay, you have to phase through the portals. You were trying to just run through. You have to fit. We'll see. Maybe that's just as simple as that. And that's one of the problems. I saw some people complaining about the issue saying that after all this, and it just was kind of like, okay, and it's this and let's go. Listen to me. Listen to me, people. How dare you? I don't care. I don't care one bit because Kate's back. And Sebastian's going to get his. That's all I care about. That's what I want. That's what I need. This is what it is. It's a strike. (laughs) She comes out. You end up having Xavier go over. Boom. Memories. Everything. You know, all that. She's back. And she kind of comes through. And this is where you get that little aside. Very, I guess, very subtle. Unless you know because of the idea that it's not like, really in your face explain but 
the, the five are sitting there. Man, finally. I mean, we, we've been doing this a hundred times, seven million times. Like, no, no, no. That was just the 18th time. It's a miracle. And you have Kurt, 18. Is that right? Well, 18 is the Jewish, it's the lucky number. It's chai or high, and it's life. It's all this. So there's where you get your Jewish deal. Even though the idea of anybody who's religious and the idea of they're resurrecting you, and I mean, it really throws that in your face. But I do like that you get back to that at least. And so when you have that, like, all right, and you even have, is something wrong, Kurt? Nope, not at all. And he goes walking away. And it's funny, too, because of all of this, I really expected more of a of a scene, an emotional scene with Kurt and Kate. Once she reads the letters, maybe she'll be like, man, this Nightcrawler really is down with me. He really likes me. But the big emotional deal is Lockheed, who's there. Oh, my God, Lockheed, I love you, boy. And Lockheed comes. Charles says, you're safe now. Thank you. All this going on. And then you get the idea where, again, Kate doesn't remember. She only remembers, you know, I remember the last thing kissing you at the Red Keep. Emma, I, I don't. And she's like, oh, I have that effect on people. But what what happened? Like, she wants to know, how did I die? What What went on? And up until about... Ten minutes ago, nobody knew, but now they do. And, you know, in a telepathy type of deal, uh, you end up having Emma saying, we're, we're going to keep this an internal matter. We will find out. We will get to the bottom of this. Kate's a smart girl and says, yeah, it was Shaw, wasn't it? It was Shaw. Oh, my. We're going to get it. And now yeah, they're going to go together and yeah, they'll figure out. And I think that that's the fun of it. Yes. Here's the thing. You have Kate come back very quick here. Now, it's taken issues, but when you finally get down to it, when you want her back, she's back. And so she's there. Emma has her. The fun will be seeing the back and forth between what Emma, Kate, and all this are going to do. And the real fun, in my mind, at least with Kate, is not letting Sebastian know exactly what they know and don't know. And I just, I want to see him squirm. I want to see, because I know what he's going to do he's going to play it off completely that nobody knows like they're going to kind of do it and they'll be like oh my god i was i was crying for days and you'll just you know we know and they know and it's going to be so good when he gets his because i want him to get his but i did like this issue um it, it kate's back that, that's what i want that's what i want from this book and the the idea and i i saw somebody saying about this book about marauders that they're like well it, it's not a real ongoing story. It's little bits and pieces shoved together and things like that. But if you think about this book, think of the progression and think of the what's happened in 11 issues of, you know, Kate dying, the Marauders team coming together, all this, Emma and her workings and things. I think it's one of the more evolving books of them. I think it's one of those books that when you're reading just this one, you do get this Marauder story. I love Kate. I've come to really, really love Emma. I hate Sebastian, but you're supposed to. I've even liked the interjection of, you know, a Kurt Nightcrawler in here and things like that. So I actually find this one of the most satisfyingly complete books of all of them and enjoy it. Uh, a lot so because of that i'm going to give it a nine i do also really like the art i always do stefan caselli uh i really like his art and 
even when you have that side scene with Storm, she looks great. It looks cool. So I am going to give it a nine and I'm going to move on to the next book, which is X-Force, X-Force number 11. And again, this is a book that I've really enjoyed. This is one of my favorites as well. And I I just noticed now I'm going to go back to the Marauders book because I just want to see something because something they they both have path to ten of swords on. If I would have seen that, I would have given it an eight, eight, five. I say now path to ten. Hasn't everything been a path to the next big story? Right. I'm not really looking forward to the ten of swords story. I'm actually not. I'm not I'm not dreading it in a way that I think or know that it's going to be bad because I don't. I am not a soothsayer. I don't know if you realize that. I don't go to my quatrains at midnight and start saying, you know, and then the the snow will fall. And uh, I, I don't know that. But it's just the idea of just yet another event. And I'm talking because I also do the stuff with the. DC deal and boy I know summer is the time for events but uh, I wish it was time to have fun as well getting worn out by these events looking at you empire right that's what I'm saying (laughs) how dare you indeed but here we go we're going to x force number 11 and that is an issue it is an issue I didn't know if you know that I'm trying to get to the credits an issue written by Benjamin Percy art by Balzaldwea like that name colors by guru fx that's a bunch of people by the way and letters by vcs joe caramanga he works for vcs but vcs they don't own him right i don't know why i'm going on with these names here and, and making up stories it's like i end up watching like just typical things and the things that intrigue me are like me and my mind making up stories about what happens. Like, oh, my God, I wonder if Fonzie is really friends with Potsy afterwards. That's what gets me going. And, and really, that's why I love professional wrestling, because they give you that nonsense. You're always backstage seeing the issues. So, oh, well, this is called The Enemy Within. And it should be called The Enemy Within, 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 The Enemy Within. Enemy Within, right? I'm tired. After Wolverine and Marauders took down a criminal organization that was stealing Krakoan medicine, a group of mysterious Russian super soldiers uh, was discovered and captured. They, they were Russian, all right, Russian to kill people. And when you get into this issue, it's a wacky issue. I'll tell you, it's a wacky issue. There, there's some fun to be had. I think that it plays out a little too long. I think that the scenes going on here and the overall concept of it might just be a little too long-winded to get to a pretty cool ending. But really through this, it is funny though, you end up having what they even describe in the book as a new, well, remember before, and they, they reference this, when you ended up having those guys who attacked the island and then also you know we're getting domino and all that you ended up having bombs that were rigged internally things were blown all these things having problems so when they have these super soldiers that they're going to check out they're making sure okay let's scan for bombs no no bombs you know you have uh, dr reyes dr reyes dr reyes is there going through okay we don't have bombs we don't have to work you know worry about that but they're still you know same kind of flesh factory thing Sounds disgusting. Uh, so we don't have that. Like doing an autopsy, <laughs> cuts open and out jumps. And at, at first, 
it's very much it's like almost like alien all of a sudden this crazy littler flesh guy jumps out of the body with a knife too they just stabs reyes right in the neck and she's going down sage comes over everybody's freaking out beast is screaming oh my god and what they end up doing then you end up beast grabbing this like flesh guy it's like slim good buddy but a really bad looking version of it gets it and snaps its little head right so that one goes down and then another one comes out it's the craziest deal and they say this is a filthy version of a russian nesting doll now this next one that comes out so they have a bunch of these bodies (laughs) this is one of the funniest things in my mind and again thinking of how it progresses even off panel where this next body comes out of the littler body that came out of the bigger body you know all this going down crawls out grabs the knife that was already there picks it up and takes off just starts running down the hallway. They're also nude, but they just takes off down, and you end up having Sage and Beast chasing after this little body. Almost looks, and it's funny too, because this is a shout out to my man Eric Shea. How dare you! It reminds me kind of a puppet master when when you have Blade running around. He's running around. He's a little guy going. It made me laugh. Well, when they run out after this littler guy. All of a sudden, all the other bodies, all of a sudden, and, and it's well done because you basically, it's like the horror movie, the arm coming out. All of these have little guys. So throughout this whole deal, because it becomes complete mayhem on Krakoa, throughout all this, you have these, like they say, fleshy Russian nesting dolls where if you kill it, another one comes out, smaller one. And then you kill that smaller. Even Domino at one point is just blasting away saying, man, you know, eventually we're going to have to have microscopes because this doesn't end. How many are there in there? It is comical. I'm not even so sure it's supposed to be that funny. I I think maybe it's supposed to be horrific. It's horrifically delicious to me. I I was laughing it up. Well, with that and all the things going on and and unknown to Domino, she has gone off to the Savage Lands where – you end up having Colossus, he's farming. He is having the farming life, hashtag farming life, because he's had enough. Everything he's seen, including what happened to Domino, has made him just not want to deal with this mutant X-Men Krakoa nonsense as much. And I love the idea here, too, where you have all of these mutants having their, you know, they can live anywhere, really. You, You end up having the Summer's house on the moon. But that was like, oh, look at the view, you see Earth. But I really like the idea that Peter is going off to the Savage Lands that nobody wants to be in. But he's there farming because it's such a way off. Like, I can just do my thing. I can work the land. This is what I do. I'm going to. And and I will point out, too, the idea where he is there, you know, and he's got this till strapped to himself. Like, he's the workhorse here going. And he is in just his regular human type deal. He's not even going full out Colossus in this because he doesn't want to be that. He doesn't want to, you know, be anything but Farmer Peter. And so he's doing this and Domino's trying to convince him to come back. We need you. We have problems with Russia. We got all this, you know, nonsense going on, not even knowing that the island is just mayhem at this point. And then you have a woman who comes by and says, you better not be you know, screwing with him because he has everything he wants here. Dominus is like, who the heck are you? All right. Well, that stinks. Well, while this is going on, you just have just like I said, mayhem 
on Krakoa. You end up having, and again, I like the subtlety of this nonsense where you don't have to exactly see that Sage has been sliced. You end up seeing her laying in a cave with little blood footprints around while you have people trying to coordinate, right? You have beasts trying to coordinate everyone. Sage, where are you? I need this. Hey, we got these Russian nesting dolls. We're having problems. Hey, what's going on? You go back to like mission control. There's one of those guys. There's one of those flesh dolls. He's working the machinery. He's And, and legitimately what he's doing is looking at the map because you end up where eventually – you have Beast realize, you know, and it's funny, like, something's afoot. And like, really? Yeah, mayhem. And he's like, no, no, no. Everything around here is not, it doesn't look like they have a purpose but to cause a distraction. They seem to be causing the distraction when we see that this little fleshy guy who's looking at the map, he's trying to find something. He's going to find it. Uh, but in the meantime, you do all of a sudden have, and, and Domino goes off. She's going to go off, and there's, you know, Colossus looking and all of a sudden out of nowhere Madrox is coming and running to this portal that they have there to go back to Krakoa so it looks like the Madroxes have been hanging as well so you end up where Peter's like well what's going on the Madroxes look like they've been called back to Krakoa and like oh no and you have this Kayla with Colossus say oh don't worry about that don't worry about like what that girl said when she came you know you're fine here and he's like, no, no, I, I think that there's trouble. I think I have to go back. And he, boom, Colossus mode. He ends up just running off to the portal because you even see some of the Madroxes as they're trying to get into the portal. They're flying back, shot and dead. So you end up having Colossus go in. He goes in and it is just complete and utter chaos going on. I mean, when you open up this deal, you you have some heavy hitters, some classic X-Men scene going on here. You have, Cy- uh, you have Cyclops going full out. You have Storm, Nightcrawler, Jean Grey in the very back. You have Beast. They're all there going as Cyclops is like, what the heck is happening? And this is where I said where Domino's just, you know, shooting them, stepping on them. She said, we're going to need a microscope, microscope soon. That's what Beast says. I, I think that there's weird things going on. I don't think that they are, you know, trying to do anything but just cause mayhem. It's weird. Well, you do end up seeing that Black Tom goes off to get Xavier to protect them. They're under attack. He's going to go. <laughs> one of those that, and not one of those, the one, that fleshy guy, it seems, that was looking at the map. He's looking through the reeds and things like that. Well, Black Tom goes and says, we're going to, you know, contain you in the veg here, you know. Two meat, one veg. They're going to end up doing that, putting like a cocoon around them. But when that happens, that kind of means that, you know, what Xavier has going on, everything is kind of unprotected. Everybody's been called to the mayhem as well. And you do have this fleshy nesting doll. Go grab the Cerebro sword and start runs off with it. He's running off with it. You end up going back. There's more just destruction and mayhem colossus as they're ripping things apart you have domino thanking him say hey pete thanks for coming and then peter's like yeah don't thank me there's nothing to thank for and now in legitimately a funny scene and if you are a fan of quint choir if you're a fan of that whole deal it's so funny because he he has had no luck he he's been beheaded he dies all the time now and he is an omega level uh, but yet he keeps dying 
and he keeps having to come back. Well, he has gone off and he has met with Phoebe of the Cuckoos. Now, remember, the Cuckoos are supposedly dating Kid Cable, but they've even admitted, yeah, we just want to break his heart. We just want to do things. Well, we see that Phoebe, at least we think, on the up and up, you know, she's been meeting old Quentin out in the in the woods and so he's like hey you know and the, let's go we're done here all right well when can i see you again i'm a cuckoo i'll call you when i'm ready all right well that's awesome you end up he's so happy and and for the deal is a lot of people hate little mega they they just don't like him he's very you know brash he's very self-centered all these things but it's nice to see him be happy he jumps up he actually it seems he's clicking his heels you know, from him being with Phoebe's there. All right. Well, let's go through this portal. Let's get things going. Oh, he's just walking by the portal, baby. But all of a sudden, then the sword right through him. That stupid fleshy doll ends up getting the cerebro sword right through him. And as he's getting kicked by it through this portal that ends up, it seems, in Russia, he ends up like, well, not again. Why can't I be happy? And he gets kicked in. And there is the big reveal, the big wow moment of this. You know, besides Phoebe and him getting it on, it seems, is the idea that the Cerebro Sword is now picked up by Rasputin. And that is huge, a mega level himself. And he says, now I have the Cerebro Sword. He even says, hey, sorry about that, Mr. Choir, but, you know, your trip short-lived, all this. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing me. The Cerebro Sword. And then he looks all nasty. So that's pretty cool. And it says to be continued, as all these books will be. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I think I should have. And I think that the whole deal, there's not much going on just to kind of go through this, like, A, B, and then C, and it's Rasputin with the, you know, Cerebro Sword. That's really all we're getting here. So... It's still big, but it's still fun. And I, I'm telling you, Quentin, with that whole deal, why can't I be happy? And just goes through it did make me giggle. So with that, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I do like the art as well in this. And overall, these two books, pretty good. Pretty good way to keep your pants up, I'd say. And yeah, I do enjoy this whole X line when I enjoy it, right? And we have coming up. Some weird stuff. Now, number one, you may say, well, Jim, there was another X book that came out. It was the Empire tie-in, Empire X-Men number three. I'm telling you, I went through that. Just just count that as I'm flushing that. If it's a keeper or a crapper, that was a crap. I, I really had, I was struggling trying to get through it, and it's all over the place. I had been enjoying that X-Men tie-in, the Empire, pretty much the most. This issue just lost track of everything. And it's it's funny because, you know, Jonathan Hickman leaves the deal and you have, I think it's Vida Ayala and a couple other people. It just, it loses track and, and lost everything for me. So coming up for X books, you do have Empire X-Men number four. I'll, I'll see if it bounces back, but it, it's Empire anyway. Does anybody care? Is this on? You end up then with Excalibur number 11 and... I don't like that book. I don't like Excalibur, but we have Ten of Swords coming up, and that is running through that in particular. It's a lot of the Excalibur story. So I hope 
that I go into this Excalibur 11 and somehow I'm wowed by it. Somehow yeah, all of my past upsetness, it drifts away into memory bliss. That's all I need. And then I'm like, oh, my, I can't wait. And then we have Wolverine number four, Cable number three that me and Brandon actually usually talk about on the main show. So we'll see you know, the, the statistics and semantics of that. But then we end up having Hellions three, X-Factor number two, and X-Men number 11. So overall, I don't know why I just went through this. I've never done that. But I just wanted to just overall, I'm, I'm starting to, yeah, I'm starting to enjoy it. I, I have enjoyed a lot of books, but boy, I, I in my mind, it really shows for me that when I get to talk Marauders and X-Force, my two favorite books of the whole line, I then am so fired up for the X-Books. And then there's always something that comes up and just, you know, ruins it. But hopefully that won't be the case ever again. I'm floating away on memory bliss is what they used to say. But that's it. That's it. I'm going to try to go to bed. That's what I'm going to do. I guess I am tired. And I think that there's a couple times when I was talking that you're going to realize, like, what did he just say? I think he's drifting off. Just drifting off there. Nothing with memory bliss. But thanks, everybody. Thank you. you. Sorry, Greta. I'm sorry. I'm going on too long. That That's my cue from Greta. She She's my, you know, she's in the studio as my engineer. She's giving me the cut sign. So I got to go. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Remember, you can go to Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. We have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, a YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, and a Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science. All of these links are in the show notes as well. But thanks, everybody, and I'll be back on Tuesday with Brandone.